ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد Carrying on then with the seerah, the biography, the life of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the last messenger that was sent in order to bring the people out of darkness into light, in order to bring the people into tawheed. The worship of Allah alone, because we know at the time when the Prophet ﷺ was sent, the people were upon shirk. They were worshipping many other deities, many other so-called gods. Some of them used to worship the sun, some of them used to worship the moon, Some of them used to worship the stars, some of them used to worship the trees, some of them used to worship the stones, some of them used to worship idols and statues, some of them used to worship the graves. There was a lot of false worship that they were doing. So the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sent in order to bring the people back to the worship of Allah alone and to stop the worship of all of those false gods and deities that they were upon. So it is the biography of this final messenger, this final prophet, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that we are studying. Last week then to recap, before moving on to the next section, we spoke about the death of the parents of the Prophet ﷺ. And we mentioned that his father, the father of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whose name was Abdullah. We mentioned when Abdullah died, that there were several opinions of the scholars regarding when Abdullah, the father of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam died. So what were those opinions? How can you think? We did it last week and you haven't revised? Anybody can read from the phone. <laughs> what about from memory? Who can remember? Listen, listen. One could be before he was born and that's mostly accepted. So one opinion was 
that the father of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abdullah, died even before the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was born. And that is the most widespread and correct opinion. Then there were some other opinions like, Five years old? 28 months. That was one of the opinions. That he was 28 months old, which is two years and four months. When his father died, that is what some of the scholars said. Others, they said he was only seven months old. That he was only seven months old when his father died. But as we said, the most common opinion is the opinion that his father died before he was even born. Even though these other opinions, they exist. That he was two months old, that he was seven months old, that he was 28 months old. Those opinions, they do exist. However, the strongest opinion is that he was not even born yet when his father died. Then we also mentioned about when his mother died. And his mother's name was Amina. So what is mentioned regarding when she died? In the text it mentioned that he was four years old. And then it also mentions the opinion that he was six years old. And that is what you commonly hear regarding this, that he was six years old when his mother died. Then we learned that after his mother died, who looked after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam? Who looked after him? Abdul Muttalib. Abdul Muttalib was the grandfather of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And how many years did he look after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa until he died too? Eight years? How many years did he look after him? Two years. Meaning the Prophet ﷺ would have been eight years old, according to the opinion that his mother was, or he was six when his mother died. So the Prophet ﷺ would have been eight years old when his grandfather died. Then after that, we, well, who looked after him after that? Then after his grandfather died, his uncle Abu Talib began looking after him. Then we also spoke about the breastfeeding of the Prophet ﷺ, the wet nursing of the Prophet ﷺ, and how many women wet nursed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Two. There was two that we mentioned. Not just one. There was two. One of them was 
Thwayba. Thwayba. And she was who? She was the freed slave of Abu Lahab. She was the freed slave of Abu Lahab. Meaning she used to be a slave girl of Abu Lahab and then afterwards he freed her. Who was Abu Lahab? By the way, we didn't mention that in detail last week, but who was Abu Lahab? So he was one of the uncles of the Prophet ﷺ to Abu Lahab, did he ever accept Islam? He did not. Abu Lahab, one of the uncles of the Prophet ﷺ, never accepted Islam despite 40 years or so, along with the Prophet ﷺ. He never accepted Islam and died upon his kufr. Abu Lahab as well, they say that he was nicknamed Abu Lahab, the father of the flame, by who? His father who would have been Abdul Muttalib, gave him the nickname of Abu Lahab, the father of the flame, and they say because his appearance, his physical appearance was that he was white, with redness in his cheeks, an appearance of a flame, so that he was given the nickname Abu Lahab. And that is also similar in terms of the description of the Prophet ﷺ, that the Prophet ﷺ was of a fair complexion with some redness in him of a fair complexion with some redness in his skin. So that is Abu Lahab. And we know, like we said, he died upon kufr. He did not accept Islam. In fact, in fact, he actually actively opposed the Prophet ﷺ. Actively opposed the Prophet ﷺ. Whenever the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu was calling to Islam. Abu Lahab was trying to go against him and tell people to stay worshipping all of those false gods that they were worshipping. On one occasion when the Prophet Sallallahu he gathered all of the people to give them da'wah, gathered all of the people to call them to tawheed, and so Abu Lahab was there in that congregation. And so the Prophet ﷺ began calling to Tawheed. And so Abu Lahab began shouting out, Is this why you got his here? You gathered us all here for this? Meaning for Tawheed, worshipping Allah alone, abandoning our deities. This is why you gathered us here? Just like what the Mushrikun used to say. When the Prophet ﷺ said to them, قُولُوا لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ تُفْلِحُوا Say, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ That there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah, and you'll be successful. They used to say, أَجَعَلَ الْآلِهَةَ إِلَهًا وَاحِدًا إِنَّ هَذَا لَشَيْنْ عِجَابٍ Has he made all of our gods into just one? That's something strange. 
They wouldn't accept worshipping just Allah. They wanted to carry on worshipping all of their other gods, their false gods. So Abu Lahab was opposing him in that way, criticizing him in that way, belittling and degrading the Prophet ﷺ in his attempts to do so. And that's why the scholars say, the surah, the ayah was revealed, tabbat yada abi lahab wa tab, perished or destroyed be the hands of Abu Lahab. And that is in indication of Abu Lahab himself. The hands are what you earn your deeds with. So destroyed be the hands of Abu Lahab, i.e. what he's used to earn his evil deeds with. So the meaning of it is, may Abu Lahab be destroyed. In the Qur'an, mentioning that regarding Abu Lahab, that he be destroyed. So, Thuwaybah, Thuwaybah was a former slave girl of Abu Lahab, and then he freed her. And she uh, witnessed the Prophet ﷺ, alongside also Hamza, the son of Abdul Muttalib, and therefore he was the... Well, before being the foster brother, he was... Uncle, if he is the son of Abdul Muttalib, he is the son of Abdul Muttalib, it makes him the brother of Abdullah, who was the father of the Prophet ﷺ. Therefore, Hamza is the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ. And he died when? In the battle of Uhud. He died in the battle of Uhud. Hamza, known as the lion. So, that is the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, who was uh, a couple of years older than the Prophet ﷺ, died in the battle of Uhud. He was also breastfed by Thuwaybah. And then there's Abu Salama, Abdullah, Ibn Abdul Asad al-Makhzumi, similarly also breastfed by Thuwaybah. So that makes them all brothers in terms of breastfeeding. Then, oh well, it mentions in the text, أَرْضَعَتْهُمْ بِلَبَنِ بْنِهَا مَسْرُوحِ That Thuwaybah had a child, Masruh. Her son Masruh was born just at that time, and therefore she had breast milk, and so she was uh, uh, breastfeeding them, her son and them. Then the second woman was Halima. The second woman was Halima, the daughter of Abu Dhuayb al-Sa'diyah. She also breastfed the Prophet wasallam. So that is what we mentioned last time. That is as far as we got last time. Was there any homework up to that section? Ah, okay, not to the end. So, the next section here, the next chapter is Faslun Fi Asma'ihi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The chapter about the various names 
of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The different names of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Rawa Jubair ibn Mut'im it is narrated by, reported by Jubair ibn Mut'im in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. He said, قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ That the Messenger said, إِنِّي أَنَا مُحَمَّدٍ That indeed I am Muhammad. That is obviously one of the names of the Prophet, Muhammad. وَأَنَا أَحْمَدٍ And I am Ahmed. Ahmed, one of the names of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also. وَأَنَا الْمَاحِي الْمَاحِي الَّذِي يَمْحُو الَّذِي يَمْحُو اللَّهُ بِالْكُفْرِ That I am al-mahi, meaning the eraser, the one who erases, who wipes out, the one who wipes out. So I am al-mahi, the one who wipes out, wipes out what? الَّذِي يَمْحُو اللَّهُ بِالْكُفْرِ that Allah wipes out kufr via me. Because he had been sent to wipe out kufr. And to call the people to tawheed. To wipe out kufr. Kufr meaning disbelief. Those people who disbelieved in Allah. Disbelieved in the Quran. In the sunnah. In the religion of Islam. The Prophet was sent to wipe that out and to call people to becoming Muslims. So he is Al-Mahi, the one who wiped out that disbelief and called the people to belief in Allah. وَأَنَا الْحَاشِرُ الَّذِي حَشَرَ النَّاسِ and I am Al-Hashir, the one who gathers the people. And that is in reference to the gathering of the people, how they'll all be gathered on the Day of Judgment, how they'll all be resurrected and gathered, and at the head of them will be the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَأَنَا الْعَاقِبَ الَّذِي لَيْسَ بَعْدِي النَّبِي And I am Al-Aqib, meaning the last one. He is the last one, the one who there is no other prophet after him. So this narration which is in Al-Bukhari, that book, Sahih Al-Bukhari, which has in it hadith from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the book Sahih Muslim, which has also the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This hadith, 
This narration is in those books. It is therefore agreed upon by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. So you can see that there are a number of names mentioned here so far. A number of names mentioned here so far for the Prophet ﷺ. Muhammad, Ahmad, Al-Mahi, Al-Hashir, Al-Aqib. Muhammad, what does it mean? The name Muhammad. The praised one. The praised one. The one who has the praise of the people. Has the praise upon him. He is praised. He is Muhammad. The one who is praised. And then what does Ahmad mean? That he is praising. Who is he praising? Allah. And not just that, but this Ahmad is tafdil in Arabic, meaning he is the most one who praises Allah. He praises Allah the most. So he is Muhammad, the one praised, the praiseworthy in that sense. And then he is Ahmad, the one who praises Allah. He is the most of the ones who praises Allah. And then we mentioned Al-Mahi, the one who wipes out and erases. What does he wipe out? The Kufr. He comes and calls, or he came and called to Tawheed, and the wiping out of disbelief, wiping out those false religions, when the kuffar, they used the disbelievers, kuffar, disbelievers, when they used to worship the sun and the moon and the statues and the trees and the rocks and the stones and the graves, he came to wipe that out, to tell the people to stop worshipping all of those false things and to come to the worship of Allah alone. Al-Hashir, like we said, the gathering of the people, they will all be gathered on the Day of Judgment, they will all be resurrected, and at the head of them all on that day will be the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He is the best of all of mankind. And then Al-Aqib, like we said, meaning that he is the last one, there is no other Prophet after him. There are people, of course, liars, who claim to be prophets after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There are those who have claimed to be prophets after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There are even some who used to lie and say that the Prophet himself told me that I am a prophet too. And they used to get their friends to come and testify for them with lies. So their friends used to come and say, yes, this was right at that time. Right at that time. They used to say, yes, we were with the Prophet. And they were in those days. They were alive then. We were with the Prophet and we heard the Prophet saying that he is a Prophet too. 
So they used to come with these false testimonies, claiming that such and such is a prophet, and that we were there and we heard the prophet saying that he has prophethood too. And that is of course lies. There is no other prophet after the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is the last prophet and the last messenger. How many have come before him? A hundred and twenty-four thousand prophets before him and messengers. Three hundred and ten odd. Three hundred and ten odd or so. So all of those prophets and messengers, they used to come. Allah used to send them. Like Noah, Nuh, alayhi salam, Abraham, Ibrahim, alayhi salam, Moses, Musa, alayhi salam, Jesus, Isa, alayhi salam. All of them and others, they came with the same message of calling to Tawheed until the final messenger, وَأَنَا الْعَاقِبَ الَّذِي لَيْسَ بَعْدِي نَبِي The final messenger, the final prophet, where there is no other prophet or messenger after him came. Anybody who claims to be a prophet or messenger or believes in that, then it is kufr, it is disbelief. That's why you have the sect now, known as famously the Ahmadiyya and these people who believe they have another prophet. And all of that is false and all of that is lies. And that's why the scholars have said they are kuffar. Believing that there's another prophet after Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, Then that is a lie and it is false. Then after that, وَرَوَى أَبُو مُوسَى عَبْدُ اللَّهِ إِبْنْ قَالْ سَمَّا لَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ نَفْسَهُ أَسْمَعْ مِنْهَا مَا حَفِظْنَا In this narration, Abu Musa Abdullah ibn Qais, he says that the Messenger وسلم, named his names to us. He named his own names to us. He told us what his names are. And we memorized some of them. We memorized some of them. We memorized, قال, أنا محمد وأنا أحمد والمقفي ونبي التوبة ونبي الرحمة So in this narration you have five again. Muhammad is Muhammad. Ahmed, Ahmed. المقفي how do they say that in English? The last in succession. Which is therefore the same meaning as the last prophet. The last in succession, meaning that there were all of the other prophets and messengers who came, and he was the last in succession meaning he was the last prophet and messenger from all of those that came. 
Then we have this fourth name here, Nabiyu Tawbah. The Prophet of Repentance. What does that mean and why is that mentioned as a name of the Prophet ﷺ? That he was a Prophet of Repentance. What does repentance mean in the first place? We all make mistakes and we all do things wrong. We all do sins. But if you do a sin, meaning something wrong, something you're not supposed to do, something haram, then we ask Allah to forgive us. We seek the repentance, the forgiveness from Allah. We make tawbah. We ask Allah to give us forgiveness. We repent. How do you make tawbah? There are conditions to it mentioned in the sunnah. If a Muslim does something wrong that he wasn't supposed to do, makes an error, a sin, something haram, meaning something not allowed to be done, then how are you supposed to seek forgiveness from Allah? What are the conditions in seeking forgiveness, in asking for forgiveness? In Tawbah. You have to what? Well, what is the first? Let's begin in some type of order. That's the obvious first one. If you're going to ask Allah for forgiveness, the obvious thing is you have to stop doing that sin. So obviously you must abandon that sin. Stop doing that sin, that wrong thing that you're doing which is not allowed. Stop doing that. You cannot ask Allah to forgive you if you carry on doing it. So the first thing is, obviously, you must stop al-iqla' That you stop doing that particular sin. Then on top of that, you have all of these other points you've been mentioning, that you must have absolute regret. Nadam. You have absolute regret over doing that wrong thing. If you're happy and you're glad you did it, then how can you be asking for forgiveness for doing it? You must have absolute genuine regret and feel bad for having done that wrong thing, for having done that sin. Also, you must make an absolute sincere intention never to go back to that sin again. An absolute Firm intention in your mind, you're never going to go do that wrong thing again. If you don't have that intention in your mind, you're thinking to yourself, you're going to go do it again, then how can you be asking Allah for forgiveness? How are you going to be forgiven if your intention is you're going to go do it again? So number three is you must have absolute intention that you will abandon that sin, that wrong and never do it again. For, so you've stopped the sin, you regret having done the sin, 
you sincerely make the intention never to go back to that sin. That's all the general things, generally. But here, that's all the general things. That's the general thing, of course, yes. You're going to ask for forgiveness on that sin with sincerity. With absolute sincerity, you're going to ask Allah to forgive you for it. With absolute sincerity, genuinely, 100% you want that forgiveness from Allah for having done that wrong thing. And then there's a key thing as well though. We mentioned that. That's another thing we'll come to, but there's one more important point. That's a secondary thing. If you've done a wrong against someone, then you must return their rights. But there's still one more important thing in Tawbah. That's we said it, sincerely. You must do it sincerely. But there is still one more important thing for Tawbah. Hey, till we've done it already. You should be firm, you should be confident that if you ask for Allah to give you, not. It's general that you want the forgiveness sincere, but there's one more key important point yet. Ask what? That's what we said, sincerely ask Allah for forgiveness. Very, very careful, never, never sin again. Yeah, we mentioned that. You make your intention never to go back to that sin. <laughs> no? What? Nobody, you want to have a, a couple of minutes to discuss amongst yourselves? One more very important thing when it comes to making toba. The very important point left is that for toba to be acceptable, you got everything we mentioned so far, it must also be done. According that's for everything. That's for everything. It must also be done. Within, within the time frame that allows for you to have forgiveness given. Once you get past a certain time, you can't be forgiven. There's a certain time. You have to do your tawbah. You have to ask Allah for forgiveness within a certain time. After that time, too late. What is that certain time? Death. Meaning in the hadith, six hours is another thing. That's another hadith. But the death in the hadith it mentions, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَقْبَلُ تَوْبَةَ الْعَبْدِ مَا لَمْ That Allah accepts the tawbah of a servant as long as your soul is not exiting from your neck. Meaning, death. Once death comes to you, now you want to seek forgiveness for everything because you know you're dying now. You're about to die. That's it. The soul is going. 
Now you know what's going to happen. Suddenly you want to make repentance for everything. Too late. Now it's too late. The test is now if you seek forgiveness. So when the soul is exiting from your body and you're about to die, you know that's it now. The soul is going. Then it's too late. In the Quran it mentions about Pharaoh. When Pharaoh was drowning on the verge of death. Drowning now, about to die. Then he says, Now I believe. Then he makes the tawbah. But then Allah says in the Quran, Now you are repenting. Now you say this. And previously, you have done all of the sin and the wrong. Too late now. Allah accepts the, the seeking of forgiveness from a servant, the tawbah, until the soul is exiting. After that, too late. Or, the second time period might be, when the sun rises from the west. Right now, the sun rises from the east. There's gonna be one day, when the sun comes up from the West, when people at that time who are alive at that time see the sun coming up from the West, everybody will then know and they'll realize the truth. Then everybody will want to repent when they see the sun rising from the West. All of this science and everything they've got. Imagine the calamity amongst them if they see the sun coming from the West. Then they will all know. But then it will be too late. The test is gone now. You see the sun coming from the west. It is clear to everybody now what the truth is and where the truth is. So the time frame is important also. And that's why a person should hasten to seek forgiveness. Because you do not know when that time will come when your soul will exit from your body. So here it mentions that he is Nabiu Tawbah. He is a prophet of Tawbah, meaning he has come to give the opportunity to everyone to repent, to stop their shirk and to stop their kufr, to stop their disbelief, and to repent and come back to the truth and come back to Tawheed. He has come to give that opportunity to everyone. Give them that revelation to all of mankind. Give them that chance to make tawbah, to drop their shirk and their kufr and come to Islam. To drop their lives being wasted on the streets and in drugs and this and that. You hear the truth, you hear the Quran, you hear the sunnah. The opportunity is there for you to repent to seek forgiveness and come to the religion and to practice and live as a Muslim as you're supposed to be. So, Nabiyu Tawbah. And that applies to all of mankind. The Mushrikun have the opportunity for Tawbah. The Jews, the Christians, to all of them the opportunity for Tawbah is there. The opportunity to repent and enter into Islam is there. As the narration says, at Tawbah, Tawbah, when you repent, it wipes out what came before it. 
Just like it says as well, Al-Islamu yajubbu ma qablahu. Islam wipes out and covers up everything that came before it. So Nabiyu Tawbah. Then also the fifth name mentioned in this narration which is in Sahih Muslim, Nabiyu Rahmah. The Prophet of Mercy. The Prophet of Mercy. Again, the Prophet wasallam has been sent as a mercy to all of mankind. Sent as a mercy to all of mankind. Bring them out of the darkness of shirk and bid'ah and all types of misguidance. And into the light of Tawheed and Sunnah. And no matter what the sin of a person may be, they genuinely repent and the mercy from Allah is there. A mushrik upon the worship of all of these false gods like we mentioned. Worshipping the, the moon, the sun, the stars, the trees, the rocks, the graves. Maybe all of his life, 90 years of his life upon that pure shirk. And then he genuinely returns back to Allah, repents sincerely, then Allah has mercy upon him and forgives. The mercy is there, the mercy to mankind with this guidance. Allah didn't just create us and then leave us in this world with nothing to do. For no purpose, no objective. There is a goal, there is an aim, there is a reason. By the mercy of Allah, He sent the prophets and the messengers to us. He sent the guidance and the revelation to us. In order that we be guided, and in order that we may achieve the paradise of Allah. So the Prophet ﷺ came as a mercy to mankind, as a mercy to bring them to the paradise of Allah, and to take them away from the hellfire. Also it mentions here in another version, Nabiyul Malhama, and that they say as, in English, Prophet of Battle, Wahiya al-Maqtala, Sahih, Rawahu Muslim. So here, another name mentioned is Nabiyu al-Malhama, Wahiya al-Maqtala. This wording, it's in Sahih Muslim, however, it's not actually there in the printed versions of Sahih Muslim. If you have a look at the printed version of Sahih Muslim, it is not actually there. Maybe now in some versions and new prints they may have put it in, but actually in the printed version of Sahih Muslim, you won't find that word there. But it is mentioned by the scholars in some of their other books that this is one of the wordings of Sahih Muslim. Nabiyul Malhama wahiya al-Maqtala of battle. And that is in reference to the jihad that is done sincerely in the path of Allah. And that is also to bring the people to Tawheed. And that's why when they used to go into battle, the first thing they used to do was 
call the people to Tawheed first, give them da'wah. If they accepted, that's it, there is no battle. If they didn't, then the affair would escalate beyond that. So, that is also mentioned in another version of the narration of Sahih Muslim. That's the one we'll round off on for today. There is still a few more to go yet on the names of the Prophet Those we'll carry on with next time. And then after we finish that chapter, it goes on to the chapter regarding his upbringing as a child. The upbringing of the Prophet and his early life, his early years before he became a Prophet. That is the chapter that will begin after that. That will be in two weeks time. Take note. Next week I won't be here. Next week this class won't be on. So that now we're going to carry on with in two weeks time inshallah. Not next Sunday, the Sunday after. So make a note of that. That's when we'll carry on. We'll round off on that for tonight.